Welcome to Schneider Electric's The Good, The Bad and The Beautiful Podcast. Every month, you will be joined by me, Carmel, me, Emma, and me, Rob, who will talk about real experiences from real people with some special guests along the way. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. Hey everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Schneider Electric's The Good, The Bad, and The Beautiful. We're your hosts, that's me, Carmel, me, Emma, and me, Rob. So just a bit of background before we get into the nitty gritty. First things first is why did we decide to do this podcast? So myself, Emma and Rob got together one day and we thought, how can we join the Schneider Electric podcast family? And one of the things that sprung to mind was what we wanted to do was to really talk about real experiences from real people. And I guess what I mean from that is every month we'll be sharing stories from our awesome colleagues at Schneider Electric on topics that we hope that everyone can relate to. And we'll also share some of our own tips and tricks on how we survive on a daily basis. Right, before we get into it, let me introduce you to our other hosts. The first one being me, Carmel. So I'm currently a news editor at Schneider Electric. I've been working here for about four years now. Um, I've had a career in communications prior to that for about 10 years. And I've been a teacher in a former life. Rob asked me about my hobbies today and so did Emma. Emma told me that one of my first hobbies, because I couldn't think of any, was, you know, having a two-year-old child, although I don't think that should be labelled as a hobby. But that is part of my life, and I love my two-year-old son called Jorvan. I like annoying my husband. I like playing pranks on him. I also make jewellery. I don't think Rob and Emma knew that before. And I like to bake. Oh, and I'm currently renovating my house. Over to you. Yeah, thanks, Carmel. Hi, everyone. So I am the segment marketing manager for residential in the UK and Ireland, again, for Schneider Electric. I've been with Schneider for about 10 years now, and I've had previous roles in sales, marketing and communications as well. Before that, I worked in a supermarket while I was at university. A few other bits about me. I'm a little bit of a geek. I'm a decent badminton player, a keen guitarist and a big Wolves fan to reel off just a few things. Emma, let's hear about you. Thanks, Rob. Hi, everyone. I'm Emma. I'm the employer brand and graduate recruitment lead for UK and Ireland again at Schneider Electric. You know, I've been in recruitment for over 10 years, although I didn't start there. In fact, I've done quite a lot of other jobs uh, from my teens. I was a dishwasher at one point. I've worked in a warehouse. I've done a reception work. And in fact, I was a beauty account manager and I'm not quite sure why anyone lets me do uh, makeovers on people, but they did. Another fact about myself is actually that I am mother to two little fur babies. I have two dogs and I've set myself a new challenge this year. I am going to try and get to run 5k, not a runner, never done it before. So I am currently in the process of, of trying to achieve that goal. Good work, Emma. I don't think I could do 5K. Rob, I don't know. I'm tired of thinking about it. I'm more of a swimmer. Okay, so how is everyone? How are we feeling? I'm good, Carmel. You know, this miserable weather isn't great. Not great for my mood, but I am super excited to be here. You know, it's crazy. We're launching our very first podcast. So I'm really happy and thoroughly enjoying the process already. What about you, Rob? 
Yeah, absolutely. I can only echo Emma's comments. Really excited to be here. Really excited to be able to chat to you both and be able to call it work at the same time as well. I know. I think it's going to be really fun. I think the um, production team love us. I think we're their favourite, you know, recording hosts so far. So um, I wanted to tell you about my weekend because it's a Monday today. Can I share what I did on the weekend? Please do. So I I thought this weekend was going to be hot. I mean, I didn't check the weather at all, as you do, because, you know, it's hot last week. We were absolutely boiling. We were just, you know, just, yeah, sweating everywhere. So I decided to rent a hot tub. Okay, I thought, I'm going to have my girlfriends over. Let's rent a hot tub. And the hot tub company actually gave me gazebo. Their specific instructions were, don't put up the gazebo unless it's being supervised. Okay, obviously, I didn't listen to their instructions. The next day, got up, the whole gazebo had like, you know, just fallen apart. And I was like, oh, my God. So obviously, my friends come around. It's raining heavily. And they just stared at me. I was like, listen, I got this hot tub. Everyone is going into this hot tub. I do not care. So the three of us sat there with our umbrellas. You sat in the hot tub holding your umbrellas. Listen, Emma, I paid good money for that (laughs) hot tub. (laughs) Not being funny. (laughs) I think it shows intuition and innovation, Carmel. I think that's brilliant. That's my middle name. But no, I am excited. You know, I'm going to echo what the two of you said. And I'm super excited to do this. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about our career experiences, from changing careers to interviewing top tips. You'll also hear from Emma, who caught up with our fabulous colleagues, Laura and Ben, who are going to share their thoughts on identity and how to be a good ally, and most importantly, how to ask questions without offending someone. I guess, you know, in the, in the theme or the topic of careers, I recently got a new role at Schneider, so that's pretty exciting for me. It is. Congratulations, Rob. Thank you very much. Seems seems very apt. Yep, very apt for this uh, particular podcast, doesn't it? So, uh, a seven year of internal communications uh, career comes to an end, and I'm currently getting used to the world of marketing again and getting part of a new team. So that's pretty exciting for me. So, on that note, I've interviewed recently. And just like you, Rob, actually, it was for something completely different to my current role. So I'm currently in communications, working as a writer, but this role was for a project manager. And the thing is, I knew I wanted something different. And I actually believe, I don't know what you guys think about this, but every skill is transferable. But I looked at the role and I really, really liked it. It's project management. You know, I'm in comms. I basically called while I stalked to the hiring manager. I spoke to her about it and I was like, you know, what are you looking for? And, and honestly, for anyone listening, I actually really recommend that, by the way. Just call, whether it's an internal role, which this one was for, or an external, just call the person hiring for it. Because at the end of the day, I always think that they're interviewing you, but you're also interviewing them because you want a good role to move to, right? But anyway, like I said, I spoke to that person and she was so brilliant. She was like, look, you know, she didn't care if I'd been in a similar role before she was looking for specific skills which I had such as you know project management stakeholder management and planning and and things like that so I think it's quite lovely actually you know and if you want to change career or change a scenery I just yeah I just think you know you've got transferable skills and just start asking questions and and see if your current experience would suit a different role Rob, I am actually curious to know because I obviously went for an interview last week and you, how did you prepare for your interview? Okay, so I guess the first thing that I would say is imposter syndrome is real, right? 
the job advertisement comes out, you look at all the expectations, the roles, requirements, all that kind of stuff. You start going down your list, you're looking at your experiences and it can be quite nerve wracking, you know, and I think it's just a very real feeling and you start to say, okay, I'd, I'd love to do this, but am I the right person? Are the people better than me? I'm not sure. And I think what you just said really resonated with me, right? So, you know, you go out and you have proactive conversations with people about this stuff. So, you know, if you know the hiring manager, you can have a chat with them. If you know someone who works in that area, have a chat with them as well. And I think that's kind of what I did as well. So I think it was first and foremost, being prepared. So it was one reassuring myself that, okay, I am going to be a good fit. It is definitely of interest to me. And then it's also saying, okay, so in these areas where I think there's maybe a couple of gaps or I'm not sure about, once you've had those discussions, you can then start to reflect on your career history, your your transferable skills, all that kind of stuff and say, okay, so even though I maybe haven't got direct experience, I think this is relevant, this is appropriate. And all this kind of stuff then starts to feed into that interview, right? So you've got the preparation for your CV and all your documents and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's just that mental preparedness as well and just reassuring yourself and being comfortable and confident, ready for when you go into that interview. No, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think for me, I always treat my interviews like exams. I mean, I didn't get asked to create anything for my for my interview, but I did one anyway, because I've always been told that you should just show a sort of portfolio, because at the end of the day, this is one hour, 45 minutes, however long it is, that that person's going to get to know you to see if you are suitable for that role. Do you know what I mean? So I just thought, Oh yeah, you know, I'm just a keynote. Um, I'll just um, write a little portfolio about all your career highlights. And I think that's suitable for everyone. You know, I mean, Emma, you work in employee branding and you cover recruitment, right? Well, what would you suggest? What, you know, what are your top tips? I think what you've both covered are great tips. You know, that preparation beforehand to even get to the point of interview. So, you know, doing your research, connecting with the hiring managers, um, I think is extremely important. But then the preparation in the side of you've got that interview, it's booked in, you're about to put your best foot forward. I think it's important to take some tips on what you can do to make sure that goes smoothly. And I think with this last year and, you know, everything shifting to doing things very digital, our whole environment has changed in the way we work and especially how people are recruited. So there's a few things that I would say to watch out for for when you're having to interview for a new role in a digital space. So, you know, firstly, I'd say our friend, the internet, sometimes can be a lovely friend, but sometimes cannot. So ensuring that, you know, good connection beforehand is important and just making sure you have a backup plan. And I think people forget that, you know, a plan that if your internet does drop and the worst happens, you know, you have a way of communicating with the interviewers. So, you know, I'd suggest having a contact number to hand in case of an internet emergency. That way, if the worst happens, you can let them know, give them a call, drop them a text, you know, perhaps continue that interview via phone or just reschedule. And then I'd say, you know, another tip I think, you know, is what we miss from face-to-face interviews is that eye contact, you know, it's hard when you look at a screen, you tend to look at those on the screen or perhaps do what I do and look at myself and think, God, you look awkward. (laughs) But, you know, it's taking that time to look up into the camera. We know that gives that little bit more of a personable feel and will help you foster that connection with with the interviewers. And then lastly, I'd say 
we've probably all been there on work calls and perhaps even interviews, but it's when you get an interruption and it can feel like a nightmare. But if you are prepared for when that happens, you know, you can always resolve it quickly. So I would just suggest, you know, if you do get an unexpected interruption, you know, don't panic, you know, just ask for a minute, you know, apologise, put yourself on mute, turn your camera off and then deal with it, whether it's children running in, the dog barking, the postman with your multiple Amazon orders, perhaps, who knows, but just make sure that you, you deal with it in a polite and professional manner. And then, you know, it shouldn't be any issue with your interview. You know, at the end of the day, we're all humans. These things happen and you've just got to roll with it. I think those are some really, really great tips, to be honest, Emma. And I think, you know, reflecting on that, the, the world's changed, hasn't it? You know, so being prepared for things like internet interruptions and stuff, it's really key because it's one less thing to worry about, you know. So you can think, OK, I've disconnected, but I know what I'm doing. It's going to stop you getting flustered. It's going to help you stay present in the questions, in the, in the topics of discussion. And I think it's just going to make for a much better interview. And I'm also really glad that you said that you also watch yourself on camera because I think I do that all the time as well. I'm always watching myself in that little corner of the screen. But, you know, I think actually what I do is I try to watch myself to make sure that I, I look like I'm present and I look like I'm paying attention and, and staying switched on. Because I also think it's easy sometimes as well when you're in these virtual environments to to get distracted by other stuff, right? So it might seem quite vain, but uh, actually I think there's there's quite a good reason for doing that. So I, th- I think that's really interesting, right, guys? I think we've, we've talked a bit about careers. And I guess to summarise for me, it's one of the reasons that I actually really love working for Schneider Electric because in my 10-year career so far, I've, I've taken on lots of different opportunities. I've had lots of different development points. And every time I feel like I'm ready for that next step, there's so many opportunities. And I think that's a really nice point. So we all know on this call that June is Pride Month and we all know how important it is to celebrate our differences as well. Our unique selves and we all want to be open. We want to be inclusive. We want to you know, build the best teams and make everyone feel welcome. So the other part of this podcast is that we've got this real talk set up. Uh, so we had Emma interview two of our great colleagues and they were really getting together to highlight some of these key issues around the topic. Welcome, Ben. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for your time today. If you could introduce yourselves, we'll get started. Good afternoon. My name is Ben Arthur. I'm from the data experience team within Schneider, and I've been with Schneider for four years. I use the pronouns he, him, his. Hello. My name's Laura Bintcliffe. I'm 33. I live in Stockport, and I'm a project sales engineer for Schneider Electric. Brilliant. Thank you. You know, it's a fantastic month this month. You know, we're talking about pride um, and obviously we want to to celebrate that. But, you know, let's talk pronouns. You know, this is an extremely important subject. It's definitely something that I'm learning more around. And I can openly admit from myself that I do forget and sometimes find it a little bit difficult to remember and quite possibly get things wrong a lot of the time. So it's definitely a work in progress. But obviously, as an ally, I'm here to learn and be as supportive as I can in this space. You know, from your experience, you know, it's recently been launched on LinkedIn um, as it is a hot topic in general. You know, what are your thoughts around pronouns? I think it's great. I think often we make assumptions based on people's gender and people's appearance or name, and it's not always correct. 
but I do think this can send a harmful message. So I think it is great and I think it's a very important topic. Thanks, Laura. And Ben, what are your thoughts around that? Really similar with Laura as well. So I volunteered with within Prides as well. And for quite a while, this has been quite a common site of Pride. You'd have a little sticker just with kind of your pronouns. Slowly, it's starting to come into the, the business world. And also on, on TV, there's been quite a lot of programs recently where where pronouns are, are really seen quite centrally, particularly kind of Glow and other stuff on the BBC. And it, like you say, you're seeing it more and more often. And it's yeah, it's great to see in that side and we've been able to replicate that within within the business as well i work with a very diverse team across the world we have two main offices in salaya in mexico and, and bangkok in thailand variety of, of team members using different pronouns so as part of the, the initiative to work closer with those i've sent a, a list to the team of, of the team members and they've sent back the pronouns that, that they use and i think that's really important that people feel it's open to them what whichever pronoun they use is the, is the question. We're not saying which ones you fall in, help us understand how you want to be, to be pronouned. Okay. That's interesting. So on that topic, how important is it to be addressed and like what approach would you advise that for somebody to, to tackle this subject and make sure that we get it right. And we are, you know, as, as inclusive as possible for everybody. Well, I think using someone's correct personal pronoun, it's a way of respect to help create that inclusive environment. I think it's really important to to do that and ask questions and, you know, make sure that you are asking the right questions and not feel too uncomfortable doing that. Yeah, fully agree with you there, Laura, as well. It's like I say, it starts with respect. And I think this is a really good way of A, showing that respect when when you're asking the question, but also and I know those within the community that are allies and allyship is really important as well. You can put this on your email signature, you put it on your LinkedIn, and it's a really visible sign to say, look, I respect you. And here is me showing you how I am referred to. I'm open to how you can you can be referred to as well. So I think it's a really very powerful symbol that's that's everywhere in in our emails as well. Okay. So almost so initiate it, you know, start the conversation, ask the questions, show your support, but you know, those small minor things that we can do and not to ignore the request as well yeah really much so okay so from your own personal perspective then what's been your experiences at work around your own identities you know what challenges have you faced what you know things have you come up against that may have surprised you I think for me I'm still learning this you know this is still very much a educational part of what we're all going through at the moment and for me I've not really come across it in a day-to-day and I think my mindset needs to change with it also you know I'm part of this community but not fully educated on it so I think podcasts like this are great because you know something to listen to and something to be mindful of and respect those that are wanting to us to use those pronouns yeah I think that's that's true for myself as well even volunteering within the LGBT community I know an area of, of the community, but I certainly don't want to say that I'm an expert in, in all areas. So I think it's really important that self-discovery, you understand where you fit, but also you understand there are other other people and other groups to, to understand from as well. So I think the, the education piece is, is really important there. 
Okay. So that's the education around, you know, you personally as well. So, you know, from an outside perspective, what would you advise like myself, for example, you know, if I had a question, what should I be asking? What shouldn't I be asking? You know, am I going to cross the line asking something or, you know, is it better to just, you know, put it out there? If it's wrong, it's wrong. And you can learn that way. I think you're right. I think you need to ask the questions, you know, and not to be afraid of the questions. Cause I guess, you know, me and Ben are still like yourselves. We're all learning this, you know, it's all very new to us. So don't be afraid to ask those questions. And if you are, does it just seem like you're offending somebody? Ask them, am I offending you by doing this? Cause that's how you ever going to learn, right? You ask questions. It's the only way. Yeah, I certainly found this when I was running an event within diversity and inclusion for the office in Dunfermline. It was the first kind of big event that we've done within the LGBT side in this office. I connected two of my out-of-work passions, which are volunteering for an LGBT charity and playing for an IGI, International Gay Rugby, team. So I brought the sports element of it into the office because there's a lot of people in the office that like football, rugby and other sports. And I thought, okay, this would be a good opportunity to bring both the LGBT sports side and also the LGBT history element into the Pride Month event. There was definitely like I say, Laura, the same thing. There was people asking questions saying, are you okay if I ask you? And it's that kind of either yes, ask your question or no, I don't think that's quite appropriate to, to ask. So they say, I think it, it starts with that kind of respect leading on to, if you have a question, ask away. We'll certainly, I don't want to speak for you, Laura, but certainly from my side, I will answer most questions. And if, if I'm saying no, there's, it's a no and people understand that. I suppose if you're comfortable with it, you know, answer the questions, but like you say, if you don't ask the questions, you're never going to know, are you? You're never going to be able to find out. But there are certain things that you can share. You know, there's pronouns for gender neutral, gender inclusive, you know, what what you could, how you could change your mindset as well. And certainly I've looked at that because I, I mean, I call everybody pal, lad, you know, and I don't realise how, if I'm being, I've never realised before if I was being offensive or not, but it's certainly changed my mindset with that. Because you just don't know unless you answer the questions. Yeah, I think there really is. Like you said, as an ally, you can use the pronouns. You can put them on your email or, or in your discussions. There's words that you can really use to help stimulate an open discussion. I think partners are really important. One of these. Certainly, I refer to my male partner as my partner. I think within the business, it's a really growing trend, certainly in communications, in policies, and just how we're seeing it every day in the business, partner is really being used inclusively, which is great to see. Yeah, I think that's a good point to make around when you talk about people's personal lives as well and not making that assumption that, you know, it's supposedly heterosexual, you know, not making that assumption and accidentally, whether there's any harm in it or, or anything, um, is trying to use that inclusive language. I think it's, you know, important. Um, but I think, you know, from my perspective as an ally, I would say, you know, asking questions as long as the intention is good, you know, even if you do get it wrong, if you haven't said it in malice, you can only learn from it. I think within the, the business, my my experience of it as well, I, my partner had ill health. I had to explain to a lot of people why I wasn't going to be there right away or not be as available as I used to be. I felt comfortable enough within the business to use partner and that's been well received by my team and, and beyond as well. So it's it's definitely landing well within within the business and it's good to see that respect is instantly provided. I don't know, Laura, if you've had a similar experience. I certainly, for the first year, I was 
Ben with his girl yeah. partner. And then I said to people, yep, his part, my partner's name isn't, it's, it's Aaron. It's a he. And yeah, there was a lot of kind of gasps in the office. And you think if we can open up that language initially to partner pronouns, I think it's a really helpful thing to to have those open discussions. Like you say, I'm more than happy to talk about events I do, places I go with my partner. Some people might not be, but it just, it sets the scene for an inclusive discussion. Yeah, I think when I joined Schneider originally, I, I worked for Schneider back in 2015 for about three years. And my colleagues were, I, I don't mind with colleagues, you know, colleagues become friends, right? You know, you do talk about your personal life, you do talk about your partner. But when it came to customers, I'm customer facing. And I'd often get asked the question, oh, have you got a boyfriend? Have you got a husband? And I'd either say yes to shut them up and not ask any more questions. And I don't know why I did that. But then as years progressed, I thought some of these customers are becoming friends. You know, I've got these people on Facebook. You know, we've been out drinking together if we're at a social event. So I started to go, you know what? I don't I, I don't care anymore. This is who I am. You know, I'm not doing my partner any uh, any favours by hiding her away. And I started to tell people, yeah, I've got a, I've actually got a fiance who is a girl. <laughs> so, but yeah, I don't know why I did that. And I, I, I can understand why, because I think there's like one in three people in a workplace that hide their identity, their sexuality, the fear of being discriminated against. And yeah. One in three. Wow. I didn't know that statistic. That's interesting to know crazy isn't it well hopefully we can yeah well hopefully we can build a lot more inclusive space where not just obviously in in schneider but overall where people feel a lot more comfortable to talk about these things and be truly you know who they are you know laura you obviously put quite an inspiring post on linkedin recently last week kicking off pride month which i think was was great was great to see great to see the support you got and, and just you feeling comfortable enough to to put that out there um, and say I am who I am yeah absolutely not afraid anymore and uh, you know it's been like you say it's been very well received you know no hate no one's really that shocked but um certainly with colleagues as well I've had tremendous support from my work colleagues regarding it you know nobody nobody judges me on that they judge me on how I perform at work you know how many sales I bring in, you know, what I'm like with customers. Nobody judges me on my sexuality. And I'm not saying that 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 was ever a factor, but you do think that deep down. So the fact that it isn't and the fact that I'm just Laura, I'm just Laura. I think that definitely plays, it plays on your mind when you join somewhere new. Definitely. I remember that when I joined it in Dunfermline, I thought, "Mm, (laughs) how am I going to spin this? How am I going to explain this to be like you say like as soon as people see you either out and about they see you at an event they see you on facebook tagged at rugby training with with the team it wouldn't take them long to connect it but it's that one step of you going out there and saying yep this is me and i i think there's been a growing trend i think linkedin particularly in growing trend in kind of the last year or two and i'm seeing so many of my colleagues both those that i would have expected it from and those that i maybe wouldn't have sharing this kind of diversity is really important to businesses here's diversity this is how diversity impacts on businesses it's really it's really good to see that even those that aren't fully involved with it and maybe don't want to have those discussions about kind of 
your life still have an element of respect and can say, yep, I appreciate the diversity and this is where where I'm going to celebrate that. So it's, yeah, it's really good to see that message kind of sinking in across social media as well. Yeah, well, social media is so impactful. I know it causes a lot of problems at the same time, but it is, you know, in a very good way and it's a great platform to amplify these discussions and and push these topics. Um, It can be a very, very useful tool um, if used in the right way. So... I have another question. I use this term a lot just to generally speak to people. Um, so I say, guys, like, hey, guys, how are you guys doing? And, you know, it's just a term I, I use. doesn't matter who I'm speaking to or even in you know, emails, messaging. You know, what are your thoughts on using that term? You know, should I be avoiding that? Is it OK? You know, is it offensive? For me, it's not offensive. I'm not offended by it, but I guess there are better alternatives. You could, hey, folks, for example, personally, I'm not offended by it, but like I say, there are alternatives out there. Yeah, I'm with you, Laura, on that one. Personally, I'm not offended. I understand the, the intent isn't, isn't malicious. You, you don't mean it in kind of a, an abusive way. I think there's occasionally words that we can change. So, hey, team, how is everyone doing? that are more inclusive, but I don't think anyone's going to judge you completely, Emma, for for using it in, in an endearing way. But I think it comes down to, like we said earlier, it comes down to that respect element, making sure that if you have been told pronouns for people and you're purposefully using them, that's that's different. I don't think you're you're doing that, but I think, yeah, inclusive into the way that people have, have shared their pronouns with you. Yeah, it's definitely another learning curve, right, to just be very self-aware of how you address people and it's habit and you know things that you know were okay in the past aren't so okay now and it's just to keep almost re-educating yourselves to ensure that you you know you keep up with what's okay what's not and it you know if you get it wrong once and you get told and then you try not to do that again and ensure you know you don't make that mistake twice so it's definitely something I'll take on board and you know try my very hardest to ensure that I I use a lot more inclusive terms um, when I speak to people. So Emma, you've been asking a lot of questions. Of course. It's our turn. (laughs) (laughs) What's it like then to be an ally? I think for me, it comes naturally. I'm very open-minded about who people are and people being themselves. And I think that stems from my own personal life and upbringing. You know, I'm of mixed ethnicity so feeling included and comfortable in my environment is super important and at times that has been a struggle so if I can avoid anyone else feeling like that I will you know I can just relate I see everyone as human beings and we should all be treated the same so our differences in my opinion are what makes us beautiful and I will always champion that and be 100% an ally to all I just want people to feel comfortable to come to me for support and I know that I will always be there to help and I just want them to to feel that themselves so that for me is the importance of me being an ally so from your perspectives then what would you expect from an ally? What would you expect from me or a colleague or a friend or a family member? Respect. 100%, yeah. I think it, respect is the the first and kind of the the trumping one there is respect is the, the start of it all. I think, like you say, we're, those discussions may lead into new territories or, or private information and it's that respect that the individual isn't going to be judging the discussion. And like you say, those 
those open discussions are so important. And like Laura said, I think it was at one in three in the office are within the LGBT community and hide it. There's still quite a lot of people. So I think the allies can really help reduce that to a point that those that feel comfortable coming out and, and being open at work can be and understanding, oh, yep, I can see that I can see my bastions in the office. I know those people are, are there and I can be open and, and honest with them. I think curiosity also comes into it as well. Polite curiosity to to a point. They say it's it's having those discussions with the people in the, at work. Oh, how are you? You're asking a bit more than just how are you. It's that kind of check-ins, which I think is really important, especially now that we're not not all in the office together. We're digitally. It's quite easy to get kind of quite disconnected. And I think yeah, like I say, when we're in the office, we can see that community. Digitally, the allies are are there as well to to still be there. Absolutely. And yeah, like like you said, I would want people to be curious. I would want people to to ask those questions. You know, I don't want people to be scared of me almost. I don't want people to think I don't want to offend her. You know, I will tell you if you're offending me, if, you're, if you've crossed the line. But yeah, respect, ask the questions. If I need to come to you, I can, uh, I can do so. Fab. Well, yeah, that's, you know, it's great to hear from you from your perspective and for you both just saying I'm 100% ally and you can come to me whenever you want but you know it's great to just hear your points um on on it as a whole especially around the pronouns and I think you know I've definitely learned something from it for sure um hopefully I can go away and get stronger and stronger in that space and continue to be as supportive as I can around anything ally for sure so thank you so much for, you know, coming on, being open, being willing to talk about um, your personal experiences, you know, really appreciate it and really enjoyed talking to you both. Thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure to be able to kind of kick off the, the podcast, but also with such a, an important month, like you say, it's, it's sending out that message of kind of respect, which I think goes into all the different diversities that are out there. Like I say, I think respect is the biggest, the biggest thing in all, not just within the LGBT. BT community, but all kind of workplace diversity and just a general workplace. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, thank you for that. Thank you for letting us come on and talk about this stuff. Nice one, Emma. I, I think that was such an interesting interview. I know Ben quite well anyway, so we've had conversations and things in the past too. But I think it was just a really good, constructive discussion. I think for me as well, you know, the, the topic of pronouns, I think it's an area where I'm still actively learning about that, you know, taking the time to to understand, you know, what it's all about, how to approach it. I think we all need to just be open about that, right? So, I mean, I updated my LinkedIn profile the other day to add my own pronouns, so... I'm making the effort. I'm trying. <laughs> How did you find the interview? Yeah, so I, you know, same as you really. I found it really interesting for sure. I like to come away and feel like I've I've learned something, kind of definitely did. And with you, like pronouns for me is definitely a work in progress and I'm for sure learning. I've also changed on my LinkedIn recently. So it was just really good to hear another point of view and you know get an understanding of how we can all grow to be better allies at the end of the day. I think for me definitely learning about taking small steps like putting pronouns on your email signatures and just you know what Ben did was ask his teams you know how they prefer to be pronouned but I think ultimately when they said that they are still learning I think that was just really refreshing to me to you know just to hear right because we are still all learning it's different for everyone 
And like Emma said in the interview, if there is a good intent behind any question that you ask, then people will understand. Right, now, Emma, Rob, I've got a surprise for you both. So can we cue the music, please? I don't like surprises, Carmen. Here is the GBB, that's the good, the bad and the beautiful, in case anyone forgot, pop quiz. So for anyone who's listening in, please do get involved. And for Emma and Rob, let's get started. So you will get five questions in total. And in honour of World Environment Day, which happened in June, a couple of those questions are going to be based on the environment and a couple of random questions about songs, because I know we all love our songs. So are you ready? No. You've got about five seconds. No. Okay. Well, just get ready, okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. Number one of the plants grown for human consumption, approximately what percentage is pollinated by animals? 87, 75, or 65%? I mean, I'm so glad there's multiple choices. Same. I'll go for, I'll go for the highest. Was it 87? Yes, it was. I'll That's go for what that. I was going to go for. Can we go for the same? Why not? Uh, absolutely. Okay, so the actual answer is answer. Answer. It's a new word for me. Answer is seventy-five percent. And for those of you that you know want to know a bit more, pollination is the fertilization process required by plants to reproduce. And eighty-seven of the leading one hundred and fifteen global food crops depend on animal pollination. This includes berries, nuts, avocados, and chocolate. Right. That was a good advert, wasn't it? Number two. Hashtag move the date refers to which global campaign? A, Earth Overshoot Day. B, Don't Shoot the Messenger Day. Or C, World Environment Day. A. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, you should have kept it to yourself. Uh, you might have said B. No way. I, I know Earth Overshoot Day very well. Don't you worry about that. I just that. wanted to get in there first, quickly. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. So for those listening that don't know about Earth Overshoot Day, it's actually on 29th July this year. And it's basically the date when humans, us, have used up all of our natural resources that the Earth can provide us in a whole year. So if it's 29th July, we're actually six months ahead of schedule. So all that I ask with this question is hashtag move the date. Search it online and see what you can do to help the planet. Number three, for all those parents out there or carers, and for you and Emma and Rob, how long does it take to decompose one nappy? 100 years, 500 years, or 453 years? And the thing is, I asked this question just while you're thinking is because I actually shared this with you a couple of days ago. I gave you the wrong answer because <laughs> I Googled it later, but then I messaged you the right answer. So I actually want to know if you were... You actually listen to me. Well, well, this is awkward. What's your answer, Rob? My my um, experience with nappies is quite limited, so I was wholly reliant on our previous discussions. So I'm I'm just going to go with B. Let's just get it out there. B. Five hundred. Emma, final answer, please. Well, I do try to listen to you, Carmel. So I'm pretty sure I saw that you told me it was five hundred. Also, you are both correct. What a yeah, so you're both le level pegging, level pegging. Thanks for that, Rob. Okay, I'll disregard that comment. Number four, you have two questions left. You are both have equal points. Who has the following lyrics in their song? I'm not going to sing it, I'm just going to say it. Couple man called me a backup dancer. On stage at the Brits, I'm a backup dancer. 
if that makes me a backup dancer? Is that A, Skepta, B, Lady Lusher? I don't think I pronounced that right. C, Stormzy. I'll repeat that for you just so you can have a listen. Couple man called me a backup dancer. On stage at the Brits, I'm a backup dancer. If that makes me a backup dancer. I'm waiting for Emma to go first because I'm confident Emma will know the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. So I I think it's... Come on, Emma. ...is Stormzy. Okay, Rob? So Stormzy was C, right? So let's go for a winner. I'm going to go with A. Interesting. The correct answer is C, Stormzy. Uh, Well done, Emma. You are in the lead. (laughs) Right, Rob, you could either make this joint win or, you know, Emma could win. Final song. (laughs) Who originally sang Valerie? A, Amy Winehouse, B, The Zootons, or C, Adele? I'm super confident on this one, so I'm going to let Emma have the first go. (laughs) That's a bit mean, isn't it, Rob? Emma? Like, I... I was confident and then I think, is this a trick question? And then you heard Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm just going to go with what I think is the is the right question, but it may be yeah, a trick. So I was it. thinking it was Amy Winehouse, but I'm like wondering now if somebody else no, actually no, that's, did that's it what, first. Maybe, what's your final answer? Amy. Okay, Amy, Rob? I, I think Emma's been um, significantly tricked and I think it's the Zootons. <laughs> It is actually the Zootons. Yes, it is. Back in the game. It is. So it's a tie. Okay, it's a tie. So on that note, the winner is, can I get some symbols, please? It's Rob and Emma. Always winners, right? I don't mind being joint first, you know. Everyone's a winner like the game of life. (laughs) Did you ever play that game? No. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's come to that time now where we sadly have to say goodbye to everyone. I'm sad. I hope you're sad as well, Emma and Rob. So I just wanted to say thanks, everyone, for listening to the good, the bad and the beautiful podcast. And finally, if you have any questions or you just want some advice, please send them to thegbb at se.com. No, that's not the Great British Bake Off. It's the good, the bad and the beautiful podcasts. Bye. It's been a blast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to like, share and subscribe. Check us out on se.com, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher and Spotify. And we will catch you next month. The content of this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. The information, statements, views and opinions belong to our hosts and should not be construed as advice by Schneider Electric.